oh, that's right. All this is going to be on the thing that I said, right? <laughs> but, I mean, not all of it. Like, it will oh, be good. edited. It will good. be edited. Good. And then I will let you. <laughs> I, will I just thought of that. <laughs> See, because I talk freely and I talk a lot. <laughs> Ella Wooten lived two blocks west of Cincinnati City Hall at 615 Richmond Street. I'm going to make sure that you approve it before it's officially put out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. Because I, I just thought of that. Because when I get on those, those men, oh Lord. <laughs> Hear her story in episode 15 of the West End Stories Project. I'm Key, manager of the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library's West End Branch. Thanks for listening. In the 40s and 50s, Miss Wooten, her mom, her two sisters, her grandma, and her step-grandpa lived in a two-room apartment on Richmond Street. We had three floors. On the first floor, uh, first you could walk up the steps. Uh, it was a little like a little yard because they had a basin where the coal and everything, the coal was kept down in the basin because we used to have to hate to have to go down there, my sisters and I, to get coal. But there was a basement. Then on the first floor, there was this older lady, and she pretty much stayed to herself and in the house. On the second floor is where we lived. We had one, two rooms that we all lived in, basically. The toilet was way down the end of the hall where another lady had her little apartment behind, you know, the toilet. And then on the third floor was a lady. I remember she uh, used to she used to make her living by starting you know, the washing and doing the laundry for our curtains only. I mean, she would have them stiff. I mean, they would be beautiful when she got finished with them. She had these things that she would put them on, these racks, she would put them on to dry. And uh, that was it. There was three three levels in the basement. Um, there was little traffic on Richmond Street, car traffic, by, that's what I mean. And so the kids played in the middle of the street. Uh, my sisters included, and they played all kind of games. And well, if the boys weren't, you know, jumping the alley or walking the fences, then I was reading a book because I joined the boys. I liked the <laughs> the things that the boys did. Of course, I knew how to play the games that they played, and occasionally I did. But most of the times, I would be on the steps with a book, my nose in a book. But I've always loved books. Uh, the librarians in the in the community knew who I was. Uh, the school librarian in the elementary school knew who I was because I was always in there getting armloads of books, taking them home and reading them, and then taking them back and getting another armload. What are you said jumping the fences and? They had we had wrought iron fences on a lot of the streets in Richmond Street. Ours was a wrought iron fence. And you could put your feet between the top bars of the fence. And so that's what we did, you know, the boys and I. We would put our feet, you know, get up on the fence and stick our feet 
between each each you know bar and and walk the fence. That's what I call walking the fence. And then we had alleyways that led from you know like from Court Street to to Richmond Street, from Richmond Street to Ninth Street, and so. We used to jump that. We used to, like, jump from one side to the other. That's what I mean by jumping the alley and walking the the fences. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. When Miss Wooten was four years old, her family migrated north to Cincinnati. And were you born in the West End? No. I was born in Alabama. Oh, wow. Can you tell me more about that? Well, um, I was born in Alabama in a little small town that's not even on the map anymore. And um, then my parents uh, moved to Birmingham. They lived there for a short, very short period of time, had another child, and then we moved here, and I was approximately four years old. Why did y'all move? Well, my grandmother was here. You know, like a lot of uh, our families back in that time, people were migrating from the south. Uh, my dad was looking for better work. Uh, in fact, he didn't even stay here in Cincinnati. He moved on to uh, Detroit, but we settled here with my grandparents. Did he come back? No. Okay. Did you continue to have a relationship with your father after he left? I did not. Uh, we actually did not have a relationship with my father until I was about, oh, I guess about 13. No, maybe about 12 or 13. Uh, We actually went to uh, Detroit to spend some time with him, and that was the first that I realized that uh, he was still living or that he was even in our life. You know, he was taking care of us, I guess, with my mom, but she never let on that he was, you know, involved in any way with us. So I didn't know anything about him until then. I just knew that I apparently had a father, but where he was, who he was, I knew his name and information like that, but nothing past that. What was that visit like, going to Detroit and getting to know him? What was that like? It, it, it was an excellent visit. We uh, we got to know him. Uh, in fact, I grew very close with my dad. Um, he worked for Ford Motor Company. That's why he never stay, you know, in Cincinnati with my mom now because he went there and he, got, he was able to get a good job and, of course, main, you know, maintain his support for us from a distance. He was a go-getter. Now, he was back in and out of this um, city, which I didn't realize until, you know, over the years talking to him and getting to know him and everything. He used to run, uh, at the time, he used to run booze back and forth down here. So he brought, you know, alcohol um, because uh, this was, I guess, a dry county. So he brought booze from Detroit down here back, and he was going back and forth with that. So he knew Cincinnati. Tell me about your mom. She was a day worker. She was a very hip woman. She she loved uh, partying. She was a party girl. But uh, it was clean partying, you know, compared to some of the things that are being done today. She liked it. She liked to go to uh, this one bar on the corner of Court and Mound Street. She was around there most of the time. A lot of times my grandmother would have to send me around there to get her out <laughs> and tell her to come home and do something in, in the house. 
But I always recall coming home from school and hearing this loud music. And it was always from our house. Because my mom was up there dancing and singing. She loved the blues. She liked Muddy Waters and all those people. And so she was having herself a, a good time at home. And we'd come home from school and you could hear the music. As soon as you turn the corner, <laughs> it was like, and we lived in the opposite corner. Um, we lived with my grandparents. Uh, it was three of us, three children, my grandparents, and my mom. Since she was so academically inclined, there was an abundance of hope pinned to her success. But unfortunately, that came crashing down. There was a school called Sherman Elementary School here in Cincinnati, and that's the school that I attended from kindergarten to sixth grade because that's as far as it went. The principal of that school was Dr. George W. Hayes. Dr. Hayes was very interested in me because I was very, uh, I was highly academic. You know, I, I excelled. Uh, and so he gave me a challenge when I got to the sixth grade. He said if I took and passed the test to go to Walnut Hills High School, he would uh, he would make sure that everything that I needed, no matter how small or what, you know, or what it was, he would uh, take care of getting it for me from um, high school all the way through college. And all of that went by the wayside because I got pregnant. And at, the, at that time, you know, you couldn't, uh, the schools would not let you in when you were pregnant. And especially not Walnut Hills High School. <laughs> And so uh, they, I don't know how they found out, but uh, they did find out about Catherine Booth, and they placed me there. Catherine Booth Home was a home where they, where girls who uh, were pregnant and going to give their babies up for adoption uh, were put in that home. It's uh, actually, and it was out on uh, um, Harvey and I think it's uh, Forest Avenue. It's in Avondale. Did you have to give your child away? I was told to, but I did not. That's why I was not allowed to go back home. My grandparents and, of course, my mother were very disappointed. So uh, for for a number of years, I was cut off completely. We had no relationship. Where'd you go? I went to his, to the father of the baby. I went to his house, stayed with his mother because he stayed in jail a lot. So I lived with her and uh, her mate. That breaks my heart. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that, that was the way it was back then. So I had to actually like um, kind of feed for myself because, you know, the, 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 uh, his mother was not, she wasn't used to taking care of little babies. And, you know, I had to, you know, find a job. I went to school at night. So I could try to finish up, which I did finish up at night. And um, it, it was a hard time because, <laughs> like I said, the, the father of the baby stayed in jail. Uh, he used to love to steal cars <laughs> and other things, but he, he was a thief. So he was in, in and out of jail all of our married lives and, and, and my time with him, period. So it was difficult because I was the one that had to take care of the baby. And um, her friend was the babysitter. 
So I did have someone to take care of her, you know, while I tried to work and go to school. Like many West Enders, Miss Wooten prayed and went to church, and it was this religious practice that guided her through those rough times. What was it like going to church? Did you like going to church? We went to church forever. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. We On Sunday, we went to Sunday school. At 9, 9.30, we had to be in Sunday school. And then church right after that, it followed. We had like a little break, so we'd go over to the drugstore, get us some candy and stuff, and then we'd go right back across the street to church. We'd go home and eat dinner, and then we'd go back to church. So then during the week, it was, it was uh, choir rehearsal because we were, the three of us were in uh, the Buds of Promise choir. And a lot of times we sang actually like we were a little group, the three of us. But we had rehearsals and, of course, there were play rehearsals and all this kind of stuff. So we were in church forever. I mean, it was like, I don't think we have a, maybe one day, and that was Saturday when we had to clean <laughs> that uh you know, help with the housework that we weren't in church. But we went to church all the time. St. John was a huge church, big church. Uh, they used to be a bar mile street. And then, of course, uh, lately they were on a Forest Avenue, right there, Forest and Burnett. And now they're over in the old um, place where Corinthian used to be, over on Rochester um, Whittier. You know, I still uh, love... Uh, church, although I tried going back to St. John, but it was different because the way, the things that God had taken me through uh, in my life let me know that I could not be a quiet Christian, you know. Um, I can't do the monologue, you know, quiet stuff. I have to be very verbal or it, it was just different. So I, I, you know, I moved on. I tried when I come home to visit when I was living in Toledo. I come home to visit, uh, and I would go there and sit with my grandmother. And uh, when <laughs> and one time I remember her saying, uh, "I don't know what the the preacher said," but I said, "Amen," real loud, and she looked at me like, "Shut your mouth." <laughs> and I thought, uh, "Okay, <laughs> this is different." Because I had gotten, you know, when I was in uh, Toledo, Ohio, I had gotten more into Christianity, you know, learning about the deeper ways that God does you in your life and how you can depend on him to do things. And so I, um, and I always knew, you know, how strong, because my grandmother had taught me, you know, how to pray, of course, and uh, we spent a lot of time praying. and. I knew that God would take you through things, but it was so that you could learn, you know, things. Because I recall um, when I was uh, raising my children, and like I said, the uh, the, the children's father was very, um, very abusive. And so I spent a lot of time in prayer. And I recall one time being in the bathtub, you know, praying and crying, praying and crying, because I was so you know, so hurt and so disillusioned by the life that I was living as opposed to what I should have been living, you know. So I, you know, I was very, um, I got to the place where I, I knew that he would, that there are things that he'd take you through. 
and I I just couldn't be silent anymore. You know, I, I could if if somebody was telling the truth, yeah. If I agree with you, yes, I'm gonna say something. You know, so I I just um, I had to move on. But yeah, St. John Amy Zion Church is a family church uh, here in Cincinnati. Uh, now I'm in the Baptist church, which is different. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Stories Project. The West End Stories Project is brought to you by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library and is co-produced by your host, Key, and our reference coordinator, Kent Mulcahy. If you like what you've heard, listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and help us get discovered by leaving a review. Thank you. Um, how did you meet him? Did you meet him in the West End? Yes, I did. I lived on Richmond Street, 615 Richmond Street. Um, he lived on 9th Street across the street from the Y. <clears throat> and uh, sometimes we'd be around in that area. I had a, a girlfriend, uh, one of my best girlfriends stayed underneath him, and she introduced us. What did you like about him? Oh, he seemed to be... <laughs> Worldly, and like I said, he drove a car, but I didn't know it was a stolen car. Uh, he, um, you know, act like he knew how to treat a woman. You know, he knew how to talk. That's for sure. He was a big con person. <laughs> so, and I was very naive because my nose was always stuck in a book. So he seemed sophisticated. Mm, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, to a 16-year-old, I guess so.